Are you doing? Okay, here we go. Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 19b. It says, Now for several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. All those hearing him continued to be amazed and were saying, Is this not he who in Jerusalem destroyed those who called on this name? And who had come, and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priest. But Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving that this is Jesus, that this Jesus is the Christ. When many days were had elapsed, the Jews plotted together to do away with him. But their plot became known to Saul. They were also watching the gates day and night, so that they might put him to death. But the disciples took him by night and led him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a large basket. When he came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how the at Damascus, he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. And he was with them, moving about freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of the Lord. And he was talking and arguing with the Hellenistic Jews, but they were attempting to put him to death. But when the brother learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed, enjoyed peace, being built up going on in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it continued to increase. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just help us this morning. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would now bring your word to our hearts. Father, bring conviction if it's needed. Father, bring that touch that we can be bold in the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would just help us, lead us and guide us by your Holy Spirit to walk out of you and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, help us now as we take a few minutes in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hopefully you were watching the AD series and learning and gleaning from that. Sunday nights, 8 o'clock, and uh, take advantage of it. So, as we've read this scripture this morning, I, I have three points. Uh, the first one I want to share with you is, is really it's about the gospel and not sharing the gospel. And it's the Holy Spirit that we need um, today to go on and do that. Number one, the gospel of Christ should change us. Saul, you know the story, became Paul, uh, was changed on the road to Damascus, and that experience that took place in his life changed him for a lifetime. That if we heard what he heard, would we be willing to go through it, and would we want to go through it? To see Jesus Christ face to face, to see him face to face, to have the Lord speak to you and really rebuke him for what he was doing. And if you look in, in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, it, it tells the story of that. Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if any be found in the way, belonging to the way, Christians, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Then he said, Who are you, Lord? And he 
said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. This was his life-changing experience. And if you look at that scripture, there was something that kind of stuck out to me. I've heard this many times, and I, I've preached this many times. Uh, but there was something that had kind of stuck out. And what does Jesus say to uh, Saul? He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting all the Christians, right? That's not what it says. He says, why are you persecuting me? Now, Saul was going around, and, and he was taking the Christians, and he was beating them or throwing them in jail or tormenting uh, them, even killing them. But that's not what Jesus says. He said, why are you persecuting me? And it was something that when we look at it, that whenever you share the gospel with somebody, and they say no, or they reject it, it's not you that they're rejecting. It's Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with us. We are just a vessel that God uses. And as Paul was having this experience on this road, Jesus knew exactly what he was saying. And so Paul also understood. This is what really changed his heart. He's like, oh no, it's not that I'm helping, I'm hurting. This is a life-changing event in anyone's life. And it should be a day that we, we, we remember. And should hopefully, not necessarily shake us as much as it did Paul, but shake us to our core, that there's a change in our life that takes place. That we understand that there's something different. As I shared with you, May 31st, 1981, is when I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. Sitting in this sanctuary, right about over here in the middle, and that message, when the mess that morning when the message was preached, there was something that was stirring inside me. I'd been to this church one other time, and that morning at the end, when there was as we call an altar call, I felt like God was saying, "I needed to get up and I needed to come down to the altar," and I did. And I stood right over here, 34 years ago. Prayed a prayer and then walked out. And I didn't understand that day, you know, completely and everything that was happening. And I said, my testimony is a little bit longer than that. Really, if you go back, it happened a couple months ago with my parents and how we were moved out here. And, and that's really what started. I was raised in church. Went to Methodist church. My grandfather was a Methodist minister and uh, then went with the Assemblies of God for a while. We went to a Presbyterian church in Pittsburgh, but there were some situations. Each of these steps led right up to me coming down to that altar on May 31st, 1981. Changed my life. I remember I was just with my dad because my mom and my sisters were still back in Pennsylvania. And uh, when we got back, as I was living in Jacksonville, when we got back to the house that I was at, my dad says, you want to call your mom and tell her what's going on in your life? Him understanding all, me understanding nothing. Inside I said, no. <laughs> I didn't know what had taken place. I just knew that there was something different. But I did call my mom. And I said, Mom, I went forward and gave my heart to the Lord this morning. They had already done that years before and kind of fallen away from the Lord and had rededicated their lives, which led to May 31st, 1981. And they didn't hear my sin was forgiven. I was set free from my past. I was no longer bound for a hell. I was on my way to heaven. 
And that's my testimony. And it's still my testimony to this day. Now, I go back and I've got 34 years of things that I can share. Each and every one of us has a testimony. Paul has a testimony. We just read it. And we can see the things that have taken place in Paul's life. You might not remember the exact day, but hopefully you remember the experience. Hopefully you remember that time when you said, God, I surrender all to you and I ask forgiveness of my sins. Cleanse me from all righteousness. And most of you have done that in this room. But you know that there's a world out there that has not. They're still bound for help. They're lost and they're dying. And if they die today, they go to hell. And that should break our hearts. That should break our hearts. Paul thought that, Saul thought that he was doing right before he committed his life to the Lord by going in and ridding the world of Christians. Who are these people that say that there's a, Jesus is the Christ? The Christ hasn't even come yet. Until Jesus shows up. And he realizes that Jesus was the Christ. And he turns his life around. His experience is a different one than we see. Maybe that's not the way that you did it. It wasn't maybe necessarily the way that I did. Everybody has a different testimony. And we should understand our testimony and share our testimony with the world. That's what God has called us to do, to go out to all the world and make disciples. And that starts with us opening our mouths and sharing with the world that there is a Christ and His name is Jesus. It changed my life, it changed Saul's. Saul had more than a dramatic experience, but it was for Saul, and everyone will have a different testimony. We can come go around this room and just share your testimony real quick. It's something that Pastor Mark has been challenging us to do on Wednesday night, to come up with that quick testimony that we can share. We need to be ready. We need to be prepared. Because God could say, I want you to go share your testimony with somebody. It's better if you're ready to know what you're going to say sometimes. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's what happens when our life goes from being lost, bound from hell, bound for hell, to being a new creature, to accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, there's a lot of things that take place there. And I knew that it was going to take me time to understand what was taking place. It was in May, and I was in my, I just finished my first year of college. I was living here now in Springfield, and you know, I was working, and it came down in the middle of the summer, and my parents sat me down and said, okay, what are you going to do? You can either go back to Pittsburgh and finish your education, or you can stay here and finish your education. They said, if you go back to Pittsburgh, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to pay for it. And I didn't know how much money that was going to be. They said, if you stay here, it's cheaper, and we'll help you pay for it. That might have been a little bit of a motivation. But you know the greatest motivation was this church, and me getting involved in this church. That when it came down to that, I really prayed about it. I just knew that if I went back to Pittsburgh, I didn't know what would take place. If I went back to Pittsburgh, I don't know that I'd be a Christian today. Didn't have friends that were Christians. I knew the people I'd be hanging around with. I didn't go to 
church, didn't have a car to get there, didn't know anybody else who was going to church. But I knew God had me here for a purpose. And in that, then it led me to where I am today. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is gone. And I walked away from that old lifestyle. Now, I'll be honest with you. You can maybe ask my family, and, and maybe some of those will be at the beginning. I wasn't necessarily a bad person. You know, I, I've never killed anybody. I thought about it. I'll be honest with you. I thought about it. Not really seriously, but I thought about it. There's few people. I tell people, if I was God, there'd be a few less people on this planet. I'd just help a few of them out. So. I really, I really wasn't, you know, I didn't do drugs. I, I, I didn't get into trouble. I didn't run around with women. That, that, that means I didn't run around with men either, okay? <laughs> I, I just, I enjoyed life. So for me, it wasn't like I'm persecuting Christians to now becoming a Christian. But I had to work it out. I had to work it out. I had to understand what this, this Christ-like walk was all about. And it took me time of coming to the church and learning about the Word of God. Surrounding myself with friends that I still have today. Danny and Glennis, we used to run around with them. Rocky and Ian, some of those are still here. They really helped me in my walk with God. Because they were Christians before I was. Saul, who became Paul, his name was changed by God, went from being one who persecuted Christians to a Christian, Christ-like. A follower of Jesus Christ and the teachings of Christ that we find in the Word of God. His life changed in one moment from being a hater of Christians to being a lover of God. Church, I, I hope that you have that experience. We need to understand that it's not just a one-time experience also. I tell people I make that decision each and every day when I get up. You know, here's the truth. I can walk out these doors, never step foot in another church, never talk to God again. It's the truth. I could. Not going to. And it's a decision that you make each and every day when you get up. I pray God help me to follow after you, lead me by your Holy Spirit, and to live a holy life. And that should be our prayer every single day. Because through that day, you're either going to follow after God or you're going to follow after the devil. And that's the way that it works. We should make a difference. And we should be different. That others see that. I see so many times people say that they're Christians, but they don't live it, talk it, or love like a Christian. They just don't have it in them. Saul was changed and people saw it in him. And they wondered, what could it be? How about you? Do others see the change inside of you? Number two, the world will not like our message. Now this is, hold on. Put your seatbelt on, it's going to go rough. The world's not going to like your message that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and that they need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. People want to live their own way. We all want to live our own way. We want to do the things that we want to do. That's just human nature. We want to live, you know, for our own pleasure. But when we accept Jesus Christ, then He says, okay, now listen, you have to follow after me. 
and that's not always easy. If you would have told me 34 years ago when I came down this altar that I would be preaching the gospel, I probably would have laughed in your face. I, I would have said, no way. Even though my grandfather was a minister, my mom was a minister, you know, I've had other ministers in the family. I don't think that that, that wasn't my direction. My direction was to go into business and make a lot of money. Just plain and simple. That was my goal in life. But it changed. Paul was preaching in Damascus, and it says in verse 22, But Paul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving what? That Jesus is the Christ. That's our mission today. He was doing what God had called him to do, and he was doing it very well. By teaching that Jesus was the Christ. When we are winning the battle against the devil, do you think that he's going to be happy? No. The devil hates the message that we have inside of us, the testimony that we have inside of us, to go out into this world and preach it to others. He would rather that the people who are out there who don't follow after Christ stay that way. Lost and gone for help. But we have a message that we need to share. The devil wants, doesn't want to give up his territory. He's in the same business with God, just doing it his way. God wants our heart and our soul and our life. The devil wants our heart and our soul and our life. He has different tactics. He lies, he cheats, he steals, he fibs. He thinks that you're doing the right thing, but we're not. He's trying to get as many to walk after him and the, and the path that's brought, which leads to destruction. He doesn't like the message of Jesus Christ in the cross, and it angers him. That message brings defeat to the work that the devil is doing, and we need to share it. We need to preach that there is a battle going on. Each and every one of us are in it, believe me. Maybe you see it, maybe you don't. But there is a spiritual battle that's going on. Why do you think that the disciples, why do you think the disciples were being thrown in jail? They didn't like the message that they were sharing. It was ruffling their feathers. So they said, well, let's just get rid of them. Let's throw them in jail. Let's beat them. Let's flog them. Let's do all these different things. Why are Christians today being persecuted around the world? Because the devil doesn't like the message that they're sharing. And why is it that the world doesn't want to listen to the message of Jesus Christ? Because they want to do what they want to do and not follow after Jesus. You know, when, when I got saved, I didn't really have a whole lot of people say, you know, now Paul, you need to do this and do this and then that. And I don't tell that to other people. Whenever I've led someone to the Lord and talking to them about it, they say, well, you know, you probably tell me I have to give up my drugs. I said, no, I'm not going to tell you you have to give up your drugs. You may have to tell me that I need to stop cussing. I said, no, I'm not going to tell you you have to stop cussing. You may have to, you're going to tell me I need to stop living with that woman. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm smarter. God's going to tell him that. Why can't you me? Let him get angry at God. And that's the problem. I won't tell him. Now, if they want me to help them in their relationship, then yeah, I'm going to come alongside them and say, this is what the Word of God says. It says, don't do those things. That we need to live a righteous life. 
that we need to be an example to the world. And we need to live it in front of them. We need to live it in front of them. We preach in this battle that's going on. This world doesn't want to hear about salvation and the cross. That means that they're being convicted and that they would have to make a decision. The ways of the world are pleasure for a short time. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. It's a spiritual, it's a war in a spiritual realm. You know the story about Daniel when he prayed? He prayed and then and the angel came to him and he says, he was fasting and praying for 21 days. That's the end of that 21 days. The angel came to him and said, you know, we heard your prayer on the first day. But there was a spiritual battle going on. Now, he didn't see all that, but he's told this is what took place. And this, this angel and the demons of hell were fighting against each other. The same thing happens today. We all live in the flesh. You can pinch yourself and it hurts. That's the flesh. But what's going on in your spirit? What's going on in the spirit of those that we share the gospel with? It's a battle that's going on, and the devil wants to keep them right there. But God wants to set them free. God wants to set them free and help them to see that there's a better life. When Saul was preaching, the Jews didn't like it and tried to put him to death. The message that Saul preached, they didn't like it. The same thing with the message today. There was a plot out after his life, and the devil wanted to get rid of him. So we find out that he finds that they're, they're ready to take him and kill him. They send him down to Jerusalem. They sent him down to Jerusalem, about 170 miles. This past week, I was flipping through the channels, and I came across this news clip. It was interesting. I couldn't even tell you what station or anything like that. And they were talking about the Duggars. I don't want to get into all that's going on with them. I want to talk about one lady. There was a lady, and I think another lady and a man, who were kind of on the panel and then the commentator. And they were just kind of talking about that situation. And there was one lady that just got so angry. I was like, wow. She just, she just got so vehemently angry at the Duggars. And she, she called them hypocrites. And she just got up and just ranting. And she saw national TV. I thought, wow, you were going a little overboard here. And I thought to myself after I saw it, it was just I thought she's really not angry at the Duggars. She's angry at the wholesome message that they have shared. The things of God that's in your life. And I thought to myself, that lady is not a Christian. I judge her. Because she hates what they stand for. She said, take them off the TV. They're all hypocrites. And going on and on. And I thought, this lady's on TV every single day. And she hates the message of Jesus Christ. That's what came to me after I saw her. I thought, wow. The ways and the people of this world do not want to hear the message of God. But we are to be going out and sharing that message. And can I say that though we don't get persecuted really here in America, you might have somebody that gets upset with you. I've had people get upset with me. I've had family get upset with me. I've had some of my family really get upset with me. 
And I thought at one point I was going to talk to some of my family because I shared the gospel with them. Thankfully, still talking to them, still thankful, still trying. I've had doors slammed in my face. That's okay. Because it's not me that they're rejecting. It's Jesus Christ that they're rejecting. I'm just a messenger. I've had people cuss me out. That's okay. That's okay. I've had people get in my face and spit and cuss and all kinds of stuff. That's okay. It really is okay. Because I know that they are being convicted by the message of Jesus Christ. I'm not the one that saves. I'm just a messenger. I just water and plant and harvest, but God makes it grow. Same thing with you. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. The devil is trying to destroy the church and its message, and that destruction comes through those who are against the message of Christ. But God has told us to go and make disciples. Read it in the Matthew. So Saul goes on down to Jerusalem, and, and we see he finds the same problem down there. He starts preaching the message, and they want to kill him again. Oh, how many, I, I'm, I'm taking names, how many wants to be Saul, Paul today? Uh, I'm going to bust over, we're going to go out and persecute him. Nobody wants that. But you know what's happening around the world? It is happening around the world. People are being persecuted because they believe in Jesus Christ. The world is headed that way again. And can I say, I, I'm not, please understand, I'm not picking on all Muslims, but there are some Muslims that that is their desire. That is in their heart, to rid the world of all the Christians that they can. Not all Muslims. There's great Muslims in this world. But for some, that is their heart's desire. And can I say, as we have seen even here in the United States, the message of Jesus Christ needs to be lifted up. And if there's not a great awakening, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. That it's going to affect the church. It's easy to stand here and say, you know, listen, I'm a Christian, I'm not going to turn from that. If somebody puts a gun in my head, I'm still not going to turn from that. There's no gun here. It's easy to say it until it happens. And that thing's coming. I don't know if it will happen necessarily in our lifetime, but it's coming, I think. But it's just going to get worse and worse. And then we're really going to have to, have to stand up. You're either a Christian, and this is what's going to happen. It's Paul's life took place. Or you're going to fade away. Nowhere in the Bible. Comes that Number three. The walk in the boldness. We need to walk in the boldness of the Holy Spirit. Paul walked in that Holy Spirit, and he knew that it could cost him everything. It could cost him everything in his life. He knew that he would suffer for the name of Christ. He was told that, listen, you're going to suffer. Now, when I got saved, I didn't hear that. Thank you. I had a great pastor, Pastor MC. He didn't, he didn't tell me, listen, Paul, because you accepted Jesus Christ, then you're going to suffer. Now, can that happen? Yes. Yes. Paul knew the calling that he had on his life. He knew that the day that he met Jesus face to face on that road, that experience, it brought great joy to his life, but he was told it would bring great suffering. 
he walked with God. I shared in the first service, and I have, I've worked through this, and I, here's a question that I have for you. If you were told that if you, if a person could get saved or give their heart to the Lord, and it would cost you your life, would you do it? If you knew that one other person could get saved, but it would cost your life, would you do it? Think of it. I can't. I do it. Especially if it was one of my family. But I know if I keep walking this way, if I keep living this way, and I keep my relationships with God, it's okay. Because what, what is the worth of a soul? It's worth more in my life, I can tell you that. It's worth more than all the money in the world. That's what God wants. It is worth more than my life. Would you give up your life for somebody else to come to Jesus Christ? So many times we keep our mouths closed for fear of rejection. Hatred or even worse. The Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it say that because you accept Jesus Christ as Lord, that your life will be easier. I've read it a few times. Now you have a God who helps you, leads you, a Holy Spirit there to help you in times of testings and trials. Nowhere do I see you accept Jesus Christ. Bed of roses. Easy path. Smooth walking. Life with no problems. I don't see it in you. I see a God who loves you enough to be there to help you, to bless you, to minister to you, to help you through life. And that's what we need. We have to make a decision what we're going to do. With this gift that God has given unto us, are we going to hide it under a basket? Are we not going to let our light shine before men? Keep our mouths closed. Church, I think that we have been quiet long enough, and it's time to take this message out to the world. The Bible says, How beautiful are the feet of them who preach the good news that take it out into this world. But the only way we can do that is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Two scriptures in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of this flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And then in Matthew chapter 10, it says, Behold, I sent you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Oh, sign me up for that one. Why? Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. But beware of men. For they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in the synagogues, and you will even be brought before governors and kings for my name's sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, listen to this, do not worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given to you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speaks, but it is the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. He didn't say we'd be easy. And there's people who don't like the message that you live each day. 
but we're to share that message. Church, we are called to share our testimony. Pastor Mark's been challenging us on Wednesday night to share our testimony, to, to figure it out. That we were able to, in just a few seconds, share our testimony of what God has done in our lives. To help others, to see that. So what are you going to do? It might cost you, but you need to ask yourself, what is it worth? What is it worth? In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever wishes, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will a prophet man, if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and I shared my testimony with you. I shared Paul's testimony with you. And maybe you've been in this church many times. Maybe this is your first time being with us this morning. And you know that you just feel a little different. You've never asked Jesus Christ to come in your heart. You've never prayed that prayer. You, you, you feel this morning like maybe there's something going on in your heart. And this morning, you want to, as I did 34 years ago, make a change in your life. If that's you this morning, I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you in just a minute. But I'm just going to ask that you would raise your hand right where you are so I can acknowledge you. Is there any here this morning? everybody, if you would pray this prayer with me, as this one also prays. Heavenly Father, I come to you now, and I ask that you forgive me, and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I accept Jesus as my Lord, and I accept Jesus as my Savior, and I'm going to walk after you the rest of my life. Jesus' name. Amen. And if you raise your hand, after this service, through these double doors, and you look straight ahead, there's another set of double doors. If you'll go in that room, we have a couple of people that will be in there and pray with you. Um, they want to talk to you just for a minute and help you to understand a little bit. Now, I have a second altar call this morning. If you're here this morning, and maybe you haven't shared the gospel like you should. Maybe God has talked to you from time to time and you've said, I don't know that I can. Maybe you've been somewhere and God said, go and talk to me. I'll be honest with you, there's been times in my life where that's happened. And some of it is just, you know, fear. And it's easy for us to make excuses. But one day we will stand before God. The only way that you can do it is 
through the boldness of the Holy Spirit. And we must rely on the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when you do, as he said, don't put the words in your mouth. It's easy. It's really easy. And you know this morning that you need more boldness. I'm just going to ask you to stand right where you are. You need more boldness in your life. Heavenly Father, you see each and every one of these is standing and I stand with them. Father, I know that what you've done in my life, Father, all the good comes from you. All the bad, I know that it's me. And Father, I know there's been times when I have fallen short of your glory, of doing what you have asked me to do, of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world. Father, I can't rely on the hundreds and thousands that I have already talked to. Father, today's a new day. So I pray that you would help each and every one of us that have stood today, that you would just help us to be bold, to pray, and that the Holy Spirit would just move us. Father, if it's somebody in our family that we need to share with, if it's a neighbor, if it's a friend, co-worker, Father, maybe it's one of our children that we've been a little lax in sharing Father, I pray this week, this week, before next Sunday comes, that you would lead someone into each and every one of our paths. That we can share about Jesus Christ and prove that he is the one. Father, I pray that you would just give us that boldness that only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, that we can go out and we can plant seeds this week. Father, that we can water seeds this week. Father, that we can harvest souls this week. We know that you're the one that makes them grow. Father, I pray next Sunday that we can hear testimonies of what you have done. Because you put the words in our mouths. Father, I pray that you would just help us. Father, I pray now for each and every one of us today. As we leave here, Father, our mission field is right outside these doors. Father, I pray that you would help us to think, what is the soul worth? Is it worth my life? Father, I know it is. I'd be willing to give up my life so someone else could see you in the love that you have for us. Father, I pray that you would just help us to pray for the persecuted church, Father, and to live a life that others can see. They might not like our message, but Father, that's not our problem. That's theirs. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory today. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, 
I pray that God bless you this week, that you go and enjoy the Lord. And may we see Him clearer each day. God bless you. Have a great day.